welcome to Blaze and Rye Radio. It's Monday, January 23rd, 2012. What's poppin', my dirties? Uh, tonight, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, the one and only. You don't know what she's going to say. You pray for the best, brace yourself for the worst. It is the one and only Broadway medic, Tamika Kid. Tamika! <laughs> Tamika, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. So let me ask you something. Uh, did you did you happen <laughs> to catch this SNL performance of Lana Del Rey? Was it this past weekend? I think it was. I think it was the week that Daniel Radcliffe hosted. So it was two weekends ago, I believe. Yeah, I I saw a little bit of it, but I was more interested in seeing. Uh, Dan, so I don't really okay. recall who the hell that person was, but whatever. <laughs> well, well, that's you know I have the same reaction. I didn't really <laughs> recall who the hell that person was or care or anything, and I just I noticed that she was up there. She was singing a song. I barely paid attention. Um, but there was this huge backlash against her performances. Um, they said that she was unprepared. She sounded bad, uh, and she was she's one of the few. SNL performers to have gone on without having a debut EP even out uh, in the U.S. Mm. So uh, I think she's just a some girl from, from Brooklyn who had a couple songs that became internet sensations. Anyway, let me find out. A couple days ago, Brian Williams, uh, anchor of NBC Nightly News, he was not having any of this. He came out going to blazing. <laughs> against this girl, and I could, I, I, let me read you a quote from him. He said, and correct me, anybody listening, if I'm wrong here, but I do believe this is coming from Brian Williams. He goes, he's talking about the, he's having issues with the blogger who didn't blog about that, this particular performance. In my humble opinion, as a loyal customer, uh, and while I know you're in the midst of an editor change, weekends have been allowed to go awfully fallow and it was a fallow holiday period for those of us who check your shit ten times a day by iPhone. I know you've been watching NBC Nightly News religiously each evening, and I'll no doubt be getting a withering details critique from you straight away. Uh, so this was to a blogger that he, he uh, reads frequently. But when I read that profanity coming from Brian Williams, I couldn't believe it. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, it halfway sounds like he might have been spot on. I mean, nobody really... I, I mean, I don't know. Not too many people knew who the chick was, so it was like, all right, just get back to Dan. You know, it's like, whatever. But I, you know what? He's human and an adult, way past being an adult at some point, maybe, and, you know, that's just how he felt. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Well, also, the other point I wanted to make is that, um, doesn't Saturday Night Live isn't like I love SNL. It's a tradition. It's a staple, et cetera. But isn't hasn't the whole the main thing of SNL been for you know the last thirty five years been bad performances? Isn't that what it relies on? I mean, I don't I don't understand why this one is any different. And do they remember? Have they forgotten Ashley Simpson or Sinead O'Connor ripping up the the Pope picture and all that, yeah, all that kind of stuff? Sinead. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I just 
you know, besides, I think the last time I enjoyed a performance that they had, which, you know, might have been, I think it was last year, was, you know, like Jessie J, and she was doing her thing. But like anybody else, and I'm not quite sure because I don't watch it all the time every Saturday or if it's uh-huh. a new one or anything of that nature. But um, they really haven't, um, I don't know, SNL, they're trying. I don't know which direction they're trying to go into, but they're trying. So. You ain't never lie. Um, I think we have someone who wants to weigh in on this. Six four six. What's your name? Where are you checking in from? Hey, I I wanna um I wanna make a complaint. Um, I wanna order a pizza, but first I wanna make a complaint. I've been on hold for like five minutes. <laughs> mm. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, we'll we'll try to get you uh, quicker next time. All right, but do you guys still do that thing where you guarantee delivery in thirty minutes? Uh Wait a minute. Who who did you think you called? We have to be for people. All right, I'm gonna make another complaint against you if you don't just listen to my order. And you you now have 21 minutes to deliver my pizza from the time that I called. Okay, I'll tell you what. We 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 got rid of the 30 minute rule a long time ago because the economy tanked. But we'll we'll implement it tonight for you again. Okay. Okay. So you have okay. You now have 20 minutes. Okay. All right. So anyway, I want a medium pizza. That's how many how many slices is that? Eight slices or ten slices? Okay, I want one medium pizza. I want onions on one piece of the pizza. (laughs) Onions on one piece, okay. All right, I want onions on one piece. I want pepperoni on three pieces, but I want the pepperoni to not be on one of the... The the onion piece is not on the same piece as the pepperoni piece. Do you see what I'm saying? So three of the eight pepperoni... You want pieces on top of other? You want the onion piece no, on top of the pepperoni piece? No, listen. There's three pepperoni pieces, one piece onion, and the onion piece is just onion. Don't let the pepperoni touch the onion, and I don't want okay. oniony pepperoni, so I don't want the pepperoni to have been in the same you know, container as the onion. So if it has been, I need you to open a new pepperoni fresh. <laughs> That's three pieces of pepperoni pizza, one piece of onion pizza. But I don't want okay. to cut. Don't cut. Don't pre-cut it for me. Oh, wait, wait a minute. How are we supposed to know what piece to put the onions and the pepperoni on if we don't cut it? Don't call yourself a professional and write yourself a paycheck from the pizza man if you don't know how to eyeball a pizza. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All, All right, right fair so enough. three pieces with the pepperoni, just the pepperoni, one piece with the onion, just the onion. Then I want olives on one piece of the pepperoni but i don't like the olives when you i, I have a, a phobia of things that are cylinder cylind, cylinderish cylindrical so, yeah so i don't you have to chop it up to the point that i can't see that it has any round edges so i so you can't so that round edges Oh, you don't want the olives to have round edges or the pieces? The pieces well, the, the olives, pizza. usually when you pit the olives and then they're kind of round and then you chop them up and they kind of look like, they look like they're mocking me. They look like little half moons and they just, they <laughs> fuck with me. Just, I don't want anything, I don't want anything that looks like a still, no, 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 nothing, 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 nothing like that. So just chop it up, make it look like squares. You might have to Square it off, but the judge is on one piece. So we have three pepperoni. Okay. One of the pepperonis also has olives, non-circular olives. <laughs> one piece that just has, one piece just has the onions. So that, so so far that's four out of my eight pieces. I want two of the other pieces. So now we're up to six pieces. Two of the pieces extra cheese. That's six pieces, and then the the last two pieces I want pineapple. One of the pineapple pieces also gets ham. The ham. <laughs> 
my child who's going to eat the ham piece has a phobia of squares, so that one you're going to have to make the, the ham look circular. So I, I, I suggest that you get a little hole puncher and you hole punch the ham for that one piece. So that's so. do you have the, that whole order? That's eight pieces in total. Well, you, let me just get this part straight. You want the you olives? Only have, you only have like 14 minutes now, so... <laughs> You want the olives non-cylindrical, but you want the ham pieces to be circular. Circular. Yes. It's for one of my children is going to eat one, one's going to eat the other, and they, one has a, a phobia of circles and one has a phobia of squares. So this is. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. So we have uh, medium pizza. We have three pieces with uh, onions. No. No. One piece with onions and three pieces with pepperoni. Right. Right. And we don't want the pepperoni touching the onions. And then you also want um, one slice with the uh, the non-cylindrical olives. With also with that was the olives on top of the pepperoni, correct? That was one of the three pepperonis. That's not a, that's not an additional pepperoni. That's one of the three pepperonis happens to have olives that are cut in a square-like fashion. Okay. And how many are we up to now? What, We're up what, to four. That's four. We're up to four. Okay. And then then the the next two slices. Uh, I, oh God, I can't remember. I, I remember the the pineapple with the ham, but you need the ham circular, and the other one was just the pineapple, right? Correct. And what were the middle two there that I'm missing? The other two are extra cheese, and I think you should reconsider your career. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and can I get a uh, an address to to get this to you in the next twelve minutes? Yes. It's four seventy two. West 172nd Street. Now listen. What you're gonna do? Okay. What? Okay. Okay. What you're gonna do is you're gonna hit the buzzer. When the buzzer goes, you're gonna enter the code pound two 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 four pound. Then you're gonna hear another. That's gonna let you through the first door. When you get through the first door, you're gonna ring my apartment apartment number, which is one C. Okay. You're gonna to have to identify okay. yourself. Now I don't right. I don't like just people saying pizza delivery man. So what you're gonna to have to say is what's your name? Uh, Ryan. Are you the delivery man? Uh, uh yes. Okay, so you're gonna to have to say it's Ryan the delivery man. And I like to make a code word, so let's have the code word be shark. So you'll say shark. Ryan the delivery man shark. Then I'll okay. buzz you in. Okay, <laughs> and then and then what you're going to do is you're going to get in the elevator. Now, the elevator is only about five feet tall. It's a really old building, so you might have to scrunch down, but it, okay. it works. The elevator only goes to the third floor. I live on the sixth floor. So get off on three. Walk up to six. Okay. You're, going to have to go th- you're going to have to go through Miss Smith's apartment. Um, she has, like, a railroad thing. So on five, you go through Miss Smith's apartment, one more flight of stairs, and then you're in my apartment. Knock three times. I'll look through the peephole, and if it's really you, I'll let you in, and that's it. Oh, okay. Well, I better get going now. Is there anything else you wanted to say before I leave and make the delivery? Um, no, I mean, you have, you literally have, like, eight minutes, but... um. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, I'll be there soon, 177th Street, and uh, I thank you so much for for calling. Yeah, don't forget not to cut the things, and um, and I'd like a free liter of Sprite. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, just a reminder, we have uh, James Conrad coming up in just a sec. Hang tight there, James. One sec. Uh, Tamika, uh, well, uh, um, it's off. 
I really didn't drink enough for this. I really didn't. I didn't. Okay. And also, I think we should remind everyone to to go to shortyawards.com slash blazingrye and, and to toss in a little vote for your smoking nephew there uh, because the leaders of the Shorty Awards uh, voting for radio right now are called, like, Las Jonaticas, which means they're like Jonatics, fans of the Jonas Brothers, and we can't be having that Fragonacle Bowl. So let's get our show uh, past their show, and we can do it. We just need everyone to vote. So, um, Tamika, are you on Twitter? That woman stressed me out. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. You have to be more careful. (laughs) Let's bring bring on our guest. Um, uh, our, our, Our guest tonight is a native of New Haven, Connecticut, uh, who has a book that you can get online, though you may not be able to get to him online right now. We'll talk a little bit about that. And also, the book is now released, uh, available in stores at Barnes & Noble. Uh, Please welcome back to the program our good friend, James Thomas. Hey, James. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Can you hear me? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing all right. You got a little reggae music playing in the background there? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I just thought I'd augment the uh, fanfare a little bit. That was uh, Johnny Tubac from the uh, Harder They Come soundtrack. One of my favorite songs. Oh, (laughs) so you supplied your own introduction music. I like that. Well, I I kind of thought, I, I don't know, it just came to me at the last minute. I kind of like that pizza order. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my James, James, I can still, barely I'm hear still you. What, what the hell. You got one of those headsets on? I can barely hear you. Hold on a minute. Okay. Everyone, hold on a minute because that pizza <laughs> order. Can you hear me better? Yes. Um, and, James, I'd like you to meet Tamika, Tamika, James. Um, Hello. And let's, let's go. All right, so, so James, is your, your book, uh, for a while now, it's been available on the Kindle, right? Or is it called the Kitty Pod? Is it, it Kindle on, or Kitty Pod? I can never remember. It was on the Nook. I am going to work on getting a Kindle edition together uh, shortly-ish. Um, you know, I tried. I remember trying a few years back, but like I just couldn't quite get it to look right, so I grew frustrated. But I don't know. I mean, like you know, getting it onto the Nook was reasonably easy as far as the formatting went. You know, it was actually okay. formatting that held up the release of the print edition too, because of all those tiny, bite-sized little chapters. Mm. Right, right. Um, yeah. So you're saying that the tiny, the the little, the one or two page chapters was the reason for the formatting that it held up the it held up the edition of the print format? Right, right. I mean, the guy, I mean, it was supposed to come out on September the 20th, but there was that. There was um, issues with getting the cover centered right. And, you know, then, of course, we had that major snowstorm. I think it, it kind of hit, like, you know, the bulk of the nor- northeast. And, uh, you know, Connecticut got per- hit particularly hard, as I remember. Mm-hmm. The guy couldn't get into his office for, like, two weeks and everything. And, you know, it was kind of a bummer because I actually had I, – I almost had the chance to have – I mean, you know, I would have brought a copy of that book to a uh, – I went to meet Ozzy Osbourne at a book signing in The Hate. 
And I would have gladly, you know, been like, you know, just here, uh, if you guys collect first editions, here's mine, you know. I mean, yeah. and, you know, maybe he would have asked you for my autograph. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the guy has got impeccable manners. I mean, I'm glad I met him. Sure. Well, that's awesome. But I guess if you don't have a book in print, you can well, you can have him, you can sign, you can sign, you'd have to buy a whole nook. You'd have to give a give him a nook. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. If you're giving away nooks, I want one too. Um, all right. Well, I can't afford to give away nooks. <laughs> well, James gets some water. Um, T- Tamika, you've been um, uh, reading a little bit of this book now, right? Now, you you mentioned a scene to me earlier that you found particularly <laughs> oh. interesting. Well, there's. Well, there's a lot oh. that's interesting, but what I, I yeah, what, I, what I mentioned to you was the first um, sex scene with Anthony, who goes by Tony, with the chick, and then you know that went down, and then a couple of days later he's itching. So I don't know. It kind of took the it kind of took the uh, the bang out of that, but. <laughs> All right, this shit happened, so whatever. Just like that call pizza. Dude, that was not cool. <laughs> <laughs> James, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Never better. <clears throat> All right. Um so so yeah, speaking there's very there's some very graphic, very sexual scenes. Have you thought about turning this into a pop up book on the next go around? <laughs> no, I doubt it. I mean I thought that would kind of take away a little bit of the ma- the magic. Um, when I was like 22, uh, I was, I really was into reading, and I still love Henry Miller very much. I read Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Capricorn, and, you know, it was, I think if I were to turn it into a pop-up book, it would sort of, I guess, uh, overshot, I mean, like, because, you know, me, I always admired how vivid, Henry Miller was when it came to his writing. And I think that, you know, having it as a pop-up book would... I mean, a graphic novel, that would not be out of the question, though. <laughs> I would read that with, with some of the dialogue in there, because, I mean, like, I really did have a lot of fun with the dialogue. Absolutely. And you can tell. And the, the, uh, the book is very, very well written, and I'm not surprised, because you, I'm not surprised at how well written it is, how unique it is. I've known you for a long time. You've mm. never ceased to uh been to be very unique, very much your own person. And uh so I wasn't surprised, but I was very impressed um at the your command of the language, at how engaged I was in the characters' lives. Um and I tell you what, James, I can really mm. especially lately I've been really relating to Grace a lot in that she was almost thirty, I'm almost thirty. And uh, and in the same way that she uh, feels that she has spent a lot of time not chasing after her dream, I've been getting a lot of those thoughts lately, and uh, the book really resonated with me for that that reason. I'm glad. I really am. I mean, like when I created Grace, I basically wanted a character that women could relate to and uh, that men could fall in love with. And... Mm -hmm. I also believe, you know, 
as the, you know, because basically when you create something, it often takes on a life of its own, man. You know, like, for example, there were times when I, you know, during the writing process, I'd be looking at something and being like, oh, that works really nicely. And then, you know, months go by, you know, and at this point I'm, you know, talking to publishers and whatnot, and I see a passage, and I'm like, holy shit, I never quite thought about it that way. You know, like the pool the pool game being uh, one such example. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I also think that Grace Watts can kick, uh, like, who are the characters in Twilight again? In Twilight? <laughs> yeah, what are the names? Bella or some uh, shit? Bella, Jacob, Edward. Oh, Grace can kick all their asses. <laughs> I think I think she does. I mean, as a woman, I, reading what I was able to get a hold of, I was just oh. like, oh, my God, this is almost what I'm going through to some extent, but not to the extent, like, I have not been married yet. Any older gentleman that I've been seeing, it's like, look, I'm not some fucking kid, so don't talk to me like that, you know, don't expect me to check in all the time, even though I'm trying, but, um, you know, towards the end there, you know, she, that, that is a book that I would read, you know, hardcover, softcover, or Nook, or whatever, just because it's, it's very prevalent, and also has some relevance of what a lot of women, you know, at some particular point go through at some relationship stage. So it sounds like the character yeah. got married really young, but yeah, you know, yeah, she was about twenty. Like you know, if you, if you like, you know, going with the timeline in the book, she was roughly twenty-three. So basically, yeah. just out of college, pretty much. Yeah. And um, you know, basically, you know, I, the one thing that my book does have in Twilight is that they, you know, depict um, male dependency, but. The edge yeah. that my book has over Twilight is that it depicts the, uh, I guess you could say the, the uh, like, you know, the character, you know, through over time, comes to uh, deal with her male dependency in a mm-hmm. healthy way because of the fact that she's, you know, just, you know, like you said, and in the book, you know, she's sick of doing nothing with her life and she. Um, <clears throat> basically wants to, you know, have, like, a sense of independence and everything like that and not be stifled, you know, because right. it was largely a reaction to, uh, you know, the attitudes certain people in society have towards creative people. You know, it's like, on the one hand, you could find certain layers of society that are, you know, ostensibly and infinitely supportive, but then the the rest of them, the rest of them, you know, they think that, you know, it, it's just a phase. And, you know, I okay. think the part of the reason why society is so utterly fucked up is because we, you know, you've got people being, you know, creative outlets are being stifled left, right, and center. And people yeah. do this out of necessity. Otherwise, they're liable to go mad. Now, after that, all bets are off, aren't they? Well, I tell you, um, I think with uh, the character 
who plays the husband, I think for him all bets are off at some particular point because he, you know, not to give too much away because we want people to read the book, but he kind of has his his ass handed to him, and it's like, okay. Oh, which character was this? David Watts? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I had a lot but of you know fun. What? That's okay. I mean, because at some point, as adults, at some point, even if you try not to have that happen, you're going to have your ass handed to you. So, you know, either way. And James, you mean you had a lot of fun with that character? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, I decided to make him, I, well, I decided to give him, you know, as much of a sense of humanity as I possibly could. And I think watching episodes of the original UK office helped with that because, you know, David Brent, as played by Ricky Gervais in the office, I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's an oaf, he's just incredibly insensitive and all kinds of other bad things, but he's overcompensating for being vulnerable. And that's yeah. where, kind of where the humor is with him. So I gave him as much as humanity as possible. I also tried to make him as unlikable as possible and also tried to make him, um, you know, have a lot of undignified things happen to him. I mean, because, you know, there were, there were times like, you know, I'd be – well, I mean, you can probably tell just by reading it, but, like, there are times where you can hear me laughing at, like, some of the, uh, you know, more unfortunate incidents that happened to uh, David Watts. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah, picked the name David Watts because I needed a good waspy name for a real estate agent, and I just bought the album Something Else by the Kinks when I was brainstorming this book, and that damn song, David Watts, got stuck in my head. The song's about an overachiever. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed to fit. Now, if Ray Davis, the song's writer, Raymond Douglas Davis, he if he wants to come after me, you know, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Yes, and I actually got a compliment because I've been like soliciting, uh, you know, you know, uh, online web reviews like through various blogs and stuff. And one re- reviewer from England wrote back, "Glad you called the character David Watts. He got it. He got the Kinks reference." But if Ray Davis wants to come after me. You know, I mean, I'll be like, you know, I'll just bring a bunch of phone books to court and be like, look, see, David Watts, David Watts, David Watts. <laughs> I think that we have a caller uh, who wants to talk to, either she wants to talk to you, James, or us, this this area could well, make me a little nervous. Ah, I know, ain't we? Okay, hey, wait, Ryan. wait. Okay, hey, Ryan. 646, hey. Um, I, I just wanted to follow up on my pizza order. <laughs> And, um, furthermore, oh, I forgot no, something. No. I, okay, what, did you, what did you forget? I forgot to ask you to vote for me on the Shorty Awards. <laughs> to vote for oh, What are you up for? Um, I don't know. Um, you mean vote for me? You want them to vote for, for Blaze and Rye, right? Yeah, I forgot to say that I need you to make my pizza with the voting for Blaze and Rye on the <laughs> Shorty Awards. <laughs> Okay. All cool. right, so cool. you do that. You have three minutes left. All right, I, I love you. Bye. I love you, too. It'll be there in three minutes. Bye. <laughs> Who the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know, but this whoever it is keeps on calling in uh, about a pizza order. Dude, I you know what? All right, I'll play along. 
<clears throat> okay, you know what, James? I have a question for you. There's, um, there, there are a couple scenes that I can remember, two in particular in the book, where um, the, uh, the female in the scene yeah. is performing fellatio on the gentleman. The gentleman uh, ejaculates in both of the scenes, and then afterwards is when they get out the condom and have intercourse. Now, what kind of crazy sex have you been having where <laughs> that happens that regularly that, you know, you release and then you go again immediately? I don't understand. Well, you know, some men just have stamina. And, you know, and if they're horny enough, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they'll go for broke. You know, I guess it's human nature. <laughs> human nature? Care to break into song, Tamika? <sighs> no, I mean... The pizza lady keeps messing me up. <laughs> this is awesome. Like, the last time, the last time, the last time was awesome. This is, I don't think it was more fun now. <laughs> because, um, because well, I, I don't know what I forgot what slice you wanted the pineapple on, but we can't cut it. Right. So well, um, you know what, uh, James? We uh, I addressed this a little bit in in your intro. You're not that accessible on the internet right now, and I can relate to this because the other day when I was asking for votes on Facebook um, for the Shorty Awards, I was suspended for like five minutes from Facebook. They said that I would be suspended for two days, but it was like literally five minutes and then I was back on. Uh, but it was for asking for people to vote. So I was allegedly doing something inappropriate. Uh, now, I noticed today that you told me you were suspended on Facebook and then on Twitter I tried to click on your name and it said user suspended. What's going on there? Well, I was trying to do a person-to-person campaign on Twitter to find people who would have, like, an ostensible interest in reading my work and everything. And I was, you know, tweet, I was sending people, like, messages and everything. And, yeah. you know, I wasn't even warned. You know, I think, you know, a friend of mine who works at a startup company in Palo Alto uh, took a, an infamous picture of me, which we'll get to in a minute. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, mm. and, and you know, basically, I think you know what they're doing is they're using machines now, which I don't think is a good idea because you know machines are only but so sentient, and they don't really have a conscience, and they don't really look, you know, critically at a situation. Or at least they do as much as they are programmed, but they're only programmed so much. So it was probably a, you were probably a victim of a bot. You know, I was able to get back on Facebook, no problem. I just sent them a digital copy of my ID, and I didn't even have a chance to be like, hey, what the fuck is going on? They just put me back on there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's what happened then. So so they, they thought, on, in both cases, they thought you were a bot? Well, more accurately, a bot thought that I was a bot. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, but you're you're back on the Facebook, and we'll see you on Twitter soon enough, I'm sure. Um, oh yeah. And I noticed that you got a little nice little shout out from the New Haven Advocate on the on the Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they were support. You know, they, they I got like a, a bit of support off of them from my uh, poetry reading days and stuff like that. I haven't gotten back to New Haven in a long time. Right. You know. Um. And and where where are you living now in California? Still San Jose, just like last time. Ooh. And are you digging it out there? Not bad. I mean, you know, mm. 
the thing about the Bay Area is that there are, you know, plenty of interesting places to go to and stuff. And, I mean, you know, the, pe- the people um, don't seem to appreciate confrontation or confrontational people <laughs> quite as much as they do on the East Coast. Right. And the pizza kind of sucks. <laughs> but at least they don't treat you like a criminal when you decide to use uh, more natural remedies to treat such things as anxiety and or, you know, physical pain. Are right. you there? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, yeah. San Jose's I have to not ask that you, bad. What did you say, Tamika? San Jose's not that bad. Being from Sacramento and now I'm out here in Astoria, Queen, San Jose is not bad. So, but there well, are some areas that are sketchy. You get to San Francisco reasonably, you know, easily and stuff, and it's less expensive than San Francisco. And yeah, yeah, not bad. Now, James, what is the best place to read other than the shower? <laughs> I don't usually read in the shower. I usually read in bed or on a train or like if I'm on a bus or something like that. I mean, but your book is waterproof, though. Like that goes without saying, right? Well, if you've got a, if you've got like a, a waterproof, uh, you know, thing for your nook. <laughs> Where did this come from? Do they make those? Well, I mean, it, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, they've got like that thing that you slip over the iPod, and there's also a nook application for your iPod. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's like that thing that protects the screen and. You know, I think it offers at least a little bit of water resistance, if not waterproofing. So would you recommend reading in the shower, then? Nah, I don't read in the shower. I've smoked in the shower. You do what in the shower? I've smoked in the shower. You float in the shower. Interesting. Smoked. You know, oh, I just smoke. Yeah, I, I, sometimes, like, if I'm in a hurry, I'll just put the cigarette, like, someplace where the water can't get to it, and it's a fairly tricky thing to do or, you know, have, amazing. have like an ashtray <laughs> on the uh, counter, you know, that I could just reach, you know, you know, stick my head up and behind the curtain, have a quick puff, get back to soap myself up. <laughs> now, now, will you, now you're, you're big into the, into the author scene. Now, will you ever be writing any Harry Potter books? I <laughs> doubt it. It's not my character. It's not my character. <laughs> um, I, I must confess, I mean, I kind of thought that they kind of seemed a little bit overlong, and I'm okay. not sure that I could relate to them. You know, I might at some point tackle them, but it's just, you know, my reading list sometimes, like I interrupted a, a, a biography of Leopold and Loeb to read High Rise by J.G. Ballard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I like it. It's basically a futuristic Lord of the Flies set in this luxury high-rise apartment. It's got like 40 floors and 1,000 uh, units. Oh, well, wow. That actually sounds halfway cool for me. I would read that because Lord oh, of the yeah, Flies yeah. is a jacked-up book, too. Yeah, well, yeah Lord of the Flies is very, true. very intense, and you see, like, these rivalries and vigilante actions and summary executions, and, you know, it's just... You know, the plot's kind of hard to follow, but you get this general feeling of, you know, people being distrustful and opportunistic. Mm-hmm. Right. Speaking well, of, I do have a book that I have been, you know, kind of working on, and it starts called Copperhead. Um, I might actually get off my lazy ass and really try to, you know, get it 
as, you know, complete, you know, because, I mean, it definitely would be something that the, uh, well, it's perfect for people who hate their jobs, and also I'm sure the uh, Occupy crowd would probably, you know, get into it, you know, because, you know, it would certainly um, echo a lot of the uh, sentiments that they have probably experienced, and, you know, that's part of the reason why they're out there, and I'm supporting them 100%, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely, and I, I noticed that they are supporting you as well. Because on the uh, one of the Occupy movements on the Twitter, they they asked you to be unblocked from Twitter because you're an artist promoting your work, and you weren't a bot, and they they had your back there. I dug that. Whoa, fuck yeah! <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, see, you heard it here first. Um, now, James, what uh, the, you're okay? So your character, Anthony or Tony. Um, love the one-night stands. How many one-night stands have you had? And please name names. Okay. Um, the first one was a little woman named Amanda. That actually, like, then that section that takes place in Brooklyn, I might as well mention that that actually, you know, down to the dialogue in the street corner at the apartment in Brooklyn, like that part of it actually did happen. Oh, know, wow. Over at Union and Lorimer. Um, Love that area. Uh, well, the biggest some of these people are actually my friends, though. Do I really have to name names or you, you don't have a number? I didn't think you would name any. You, you don't actually have to answer that question. But thank you for starting to. That was awesome. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't name names because no, 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 then no. it just gets beyond reproach at that point, especially with Ryan's crazy ass. <laughs> we all know about. You know, the thing is, I, I, you know, Ryan's kind of a, you know, he's got like a, you know, very devious sense of humor, and it certainly, like, I, you know, now I understand why I always like to play the villain in the high school theater productions. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're right about that, boy. You're right no, about yeah, that. Speaking wrong. of, I mean, because I think there's, you know, everyone's, you know, kind of devious in in one way or another. Yes, I'd say that. Tamika, you're devious in the sense that. Um, <laughs> oh, wait a minute! Like I said, I haven't drank enough for this. What? God. I'm just kidding. Um, I was I don't know what I was going to say there, except that you're devious in the sense that you want to murder uh, the the pizza lady. The pizza lady. Well, I no, that's strong. I just want to get her order right. That's it. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to play a game. Um, this game, for James Conrad, this is called What Do You Currently Know About What You Used to Know When You Knew It? All right, you got it? Are you ready? I, I think I follow. Okay, cool. And now the questions will go to James first. If, for any reason, James, you get the answer wrong, I will then pose the question to Tamika. So let's open it up. What do you currently know about what you used to know when you knew okay, it? Here we go. All right. Now, number one for James Conrad. Yeah. Who, who was the middle-aged rapping substitute teacher at Wilbur Cross High School? Was it A... Mr. Macklehose, a.k.a. Big Daddy Mac, B, Mr. Khan, a.k.a. Big Daddy Khan, or C, 
Mr. Clay, a.k.a. Big Daddy Clay. It was Mr. Khan. Very good. Very good. No, no. I used to work at Walgreens. He used to come in and rap to me. Like, you know, something he would like rap to you at Walgreens? Yeah, when I worked at Walgreens, he'd come in and share his raps with me. I'm not, I was like, okay. Kind of pissed my bosses off, though. It is very nice. Now, number two, um, which teacher always wore a denim jacket and carried around a brown paper bag, leading many of us across to suspect illicit behavior? Was it A, Mrs. Sorrells, B, Ms. Drabkin, or C, Ms. Welton? Uh, gee, I never really paid attention to that. You never paid attention to it? No, not really. Who would walk around, who do you think, out of those three, Sorrells, Drapkin, or Welton, who would walk around with a brown paper bag, do you think? Who would be likely to do that? Miss Abby. What? What? Miss Abby. Wait, who? Who, Tamika? Miss Abby. Is is she here today? Is she here today? No, but I think I'm going to go find Kyle. What did you say, James? Uh, uh, no, but I think I'm going to go find Kyle. Who's Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, man. Find Kyle, uh, man. Oh, man, you got me. You got me. Um, so that the answer to that one was Ms. Drapkin. Let's go to uh, Don't number her. <laughs> Let's go to number three. So um, name the teacher that this quote was about. They're moo-moos. You can't wash moo-moos. you got to dry clean them. Was that about Mrs. Welton, Mr. Hammond, <coughs> or Mrs. Abatella? <coughs> Don't know, man. I didn't have those teachers. <laughs> and Tamika, Tamika, what do you think? The moo-moos. Who would wear moo-moos? Mrs. Welton, Mr. Hampton, or Mrs. Abatello? Mr. Hampton. It's actually Mrs. Welton, but good try. Okay. I don't remember Let's her. Kiss. You you don't remember her? No. I, I mean, I, I, only, I only did two years at Cross. <laughs> um, let's see. I think you'll be able to get this one. All Which right. of our fellow Cross High School students sneezed, thereby throwing out his back, taking a drug called Solendac, and becoming mildly psychotic for a few days? Was it A, Kamal Biddle, B, Jaden Solomon, or C, New York Jets wide receiver Plaxico Burris? <laughs> I'm going to go with, with C, I think. <laughs> You're going to go with Plaxico Burris? I'm just guessing. I mean, okay. what's... And Tamika, that's, that's incorrect. Tamika, was it Kamal Biddle or Jaden Solomon? You know, I, I don't know, but if it makes them mildly psychotic and, you know, y'all from New Haven and what have you, I'll go with A. <laughs> it was actually B. Okay, let's, let's, um, I'm going to skip a few of these since it seems the, <laughs> there's no long-term memory left. Let's go to this one. What fellow cross, <laughs> what no fellow longer. cross alum's little brother allegedly microwaved his pet rabbit? Oh, a. dude. Thompson from Sensei. B. Jayla Morant, or C, Tom Bruno? James? I'm going to say Tom Bruno. Very good. Awesome. Now, Oh, my God. That kid, that, that, little kid, that kid actually, oh, that's, oh, my God. That's microwave <laughs> the pet rabbit? <laughs> Fuck? That's, You're fucking joking me. 
I got, he won. I mean, it was a, alleged, alleged. Along those lines. I hope oh, what? Oh, shit. What? <laughs> Maybe what he fellow? wanted it on his pizza. He wanted oh, it. God. Rabbit pizza. Hmm. He wanted a rabbit on the pizza. We're going to get the pizza lady calling back again, asking for rabbit on top of her pineapple, but no olives because the olives can't be cylindrical, except he needs the hand to be circles because it can't be squares. Right. Is she a geometry major or some shit? <laughs> okay, next well, question. Okay, no, you're right next, on some right, Next question. On with the show. Next question. What fellow Wilbercross alum's little brother <laughs> allegedly stabbed his waterbed with his sword, covered the, <laughs> covered the hole with his red with his rabbit, then placed the rabbit on the air conditioner, causing the rabbit to freeze to death. Was it A, Owen Coffey, B, Max Hadler, or C, Tom Bruno? Probably Tom Bruno. Very good. Tom Bruno's little brother. Why are you throwing, Tom Bruno, under, why are you throwing Tom Bruno and his little, little brother under the bus? <laughs> why is he playing rabbit? On the air conditioner and the microwave. <laughs> what the? Where, where, where are you getting these outrageous stories? From Tom. Tom alleged all this stuff. Oh man. <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's next see. Let question. me. Oh, next question. Okay. What teacher at Cross always displayed a strong, perhaps to some excessive, interest in Asian culture? Was it A? Mrs. Sorrells, B, Mrs. Coleman, or C, Mr. Abrams? Probably Mr. Abrams. Mr. Abrams for the Asian. Very good. Um, Now, let's move on to number... We're going to skip around, move to number 13, Lucky 13. Name the teacher Javen Solomon said had, quote, no control over that cart. She has no control over that cart. Was it A... Mr. DeLucia, B, Mrs. Lavornia, or C, Mr. Bush? Lavornia? Lavornia, very good, very, very good. That was a guess. I mean, I don't remember that one either. (laughs) And let's go to the last question. Um, There are no multiple choice answers here, just you. James Conrad, for for the, the big prize, what is the fourth most violent city in the United States of America? Pistol Waven, New Haven. Holla! <laughs> Very good. All right. I used to hear gunshots over the hill, you know, like, you know, rapid 9mm fire, you know, they had their fucking, you know, Glock 9, maybe an Uzi or Andor 10. And, you know, like, you know, you hear about a half a dozen, you know, or so. And, you because know, I used to live, like, uh, down the hill from New Hallville. Yeah. And, you know, there's Still. some scary shit that's gone on in New Haven recently. I see these Absolutely. Facebook posts from my friends, and I'm just like, oh, God, not again. Christ. Yeah, have you, you know seen what, the, the amount you know what of... what New Haven has that's really good? Pizza? What? Pizza. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know that. Absolutely. That's what James was saying before, that the pizza in San Jose is terrible. Terrible. Well, yeah. well, you get some good places. I mean, there's like a place over in Campbell called La Pizzeria, and they actually, I mean, the, the, the dough's a little bit, a bit on the sweet side, but it's very close to the, the, the real thing back east. 
And they make really right. good Rob Roy's, too. They make who? They make really good Rob Roy's. What's, What's a Rob Roy? It's uh, scotch and vermouth. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. That's what Tamika keeps trying to feed me whenever we get together, those Rob Roy's. Yes. But they don't call them that out here. I like Scotty Dogs, too. That's scotch and lime juice. It's a bit like a gimlet, except except instead of gin or vodka, you use scotch. <laughs> I do the straight-up uh-huh. shots, so I don't know about the mixed drinks. Well, I like I like long drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so let's let's uh, we only have a few more minutes left, um, but let's talk about your idea of an ideal man, James. Now, your book is titled Ideal Man. Are you saying that there is no ideal man, there is always a yin or yang, such as one man can provide financially but not emotionally, and the one who can can't commit? Well, it's kind of an ironic title. Um, basically, okay. I wrote it to uh, you or my ex-girlfriend's, uh, you know, attitude about, like, you know, creative people. She said to me, I, I remember we discussed this last time I was on the program. Uh, she basically told me just before we parted days that um, you will never make it as a writer. It will be the death of you. And I'd like to meet her now. I mean, you know, I, I've got a hard road ahead of me getting people to buy my book. But, you know, I've all, it's gotten me lots and lots of freelance work. So, nah, 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 you know. <laughs> um, it, it is kind of a subjective notion, but the thing is, basically, it's like the guy, we see the guy who's the overachiever, but he's incredibly deficient in a lot of ways. And then we see a guy who's, you know, got his shit together, but he's had to overcome a lot of other stuff and everything like that, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it generally does seem to have a very kind of uh, a there's, there's a bit of a bias to it. It's somewhat Nietzschean because I mean I, I always liked Nietzsche as a philosopher. I quoted him at the beginning of the book too. There yeah, was I know it. From, mm-hmm. Yeah, from Thus Spoke Zarathustra because you know Nietzsche seemed to uh, you know he seemed to really get along with people who were sort of down to earth and also ones who had a creative streak and everything like that. Those are the kinds of people he generally seemed to champion and prefer. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tamika, you want to ask that question that we talked about uh, before about the casting? Well, he's kind of already mentioned who he's mentioned uh, he would have as these characters, you know, talking about Ricky Jervis and all those folks. I can't even well, imagine, but who would you ha- who would you cast as the roles for the characters that you've created? Oh, if, if it were, if it were, you know, to be made into a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Scarlett Johansson might be an obvious choice for Grace Watts, probably. Um, you know, but you know, with with logistics in mind, you know, I kind of if I were to have it be made as a film, I'd want to do like these like sort of regional uh, actors like from New Haven and everything like that. Like I'd want well, I'd want the character playing Grace to be, you know, either left-handed or be able to do things left-handed because I, you know, envision Grace as kind of a left-handed character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd try to, I'd want the film to be made, you know, fairly authentically and not with a lot, a great deal of, you know, overproduced special effects. Thinking, you know, for the dream sequences, have them be animated 
you know, not like, you know, so much digital, but kind of, you know, um, like those old Ralph Bakshi things. You know, those are always great. Like, you know, I love Fritz the Cat, Coonskin, Heavy Traffic. You know, the way he did animation was just genius. Like, you know, how to be, you know, at least something resembling pen and ink because, you know, this, this, the, the digital stuff's getting a bit out of control. And, you know, you know, you have it, you have like, you know, good, steady, handheld shots, natural lighting, and other stuff like that. And, you know, I definitely am finicky about, you know, I'd want to, you know, have a small role in which I get like all of two scenes. And I very, you know, very, very, I'm very adamant about picking the soundtrack too. And, you know, interestingly enough, it's kind of an anachronistic soundtrack. Um, you know, I think the youngest song that I'd want on the soundtracks, like from 1979, for example. But, you know, the music for The Sting was kind of anachronistic because Scott Joplin's music had fallen out of favor at the setting of the movie, but it just seemed to inexplicably work, you know, those uh, orchestrated, you know, rags that he did. Mm-hmm. And who would you put on your soundtrack? My soundtrack? Uh, let's see, Faces, Stones, Kinks, Stiff Little Fingers, Lizzie. Uh, the Who, uh, Ruffin, Jimmy Cliff, Maples. Uh, I got one for you. I got one for you. Especially during that first scene that Anthony hooks up with this chick, the six. One thing leads to another. Actually, you know the the, the uh, what the, like part of the, like the song that actually inspired that scene is going to be playing in the background at the bar because it was on the juke at that bar. Um, Stay With Me by The Faces, because, you know, that was the song that caused me to create the character, Anthony mm. Paris. I mean, he sort of is very much an embodiment of those, uh, you know, old Rod Stewart songs from the early 70s, like, you know, Maggie May, Cindy and Santoli, mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, like the uh, sort of roguish playboy who's, you know, not really. I mean, you know, he's kind of, oh, yeah, every picture tells a story. And he's sort of, you know, kind of a little bit freewheeling, you know. Mm. You know, but, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, also, I mean, like, I have been, you know, we, to talk about, like, other promotions and things. Like, uh, I did send you that photo, Ryan, that I'd uh, uploaded. There's this Internet comedian. You should have him on your show. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, I think I follow him on Twitter, actually. Yeah, DeAndre Siggers. You got you got to get a hold of him for an interview, man. He's funny as all get out. Like uh, I actually did the uh, did like this, like one of the photos I did because he's got those bracelets that say "Why you hating?" Well, why don't you talk about the photo? Like like uh, I know we can't see it because it's radio, but what what was like describe the photo for our uh, loyal listeners, Mr. Holmes. <laughs> um. Well, what you're, there's there's you, there's flames, there's a book, right? Tamika, help me out. His finger's on fire. <laughs> Your finger's on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you talking about his photo? Yep. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know what? And I actually like it because it's like a, and we're talking about the same photo that you sent me. It's like yep. a... I ha- you have the book, you know, you're looking upwards, but yet your middle finger is on fire like a big just fuck you to whoever said you can't do shit. And that's almost kind of how I feel about Grace, because at the end, you know, at some point, not yeah. to give it away. 
Jeez. And what, yeah, it looks like there's, I think there's also something in my mouth, is there not? I don't Yeah, I, I thought it was I a cigarette, know. is it not? Right. Yeah, 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 it's a cigarette, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, it's a cigarette. Yeah, and on the bracelet that I'm wearing, it says, why you hate me. You know, I bought that from Sigas to use for the photo shoot, you know. I mean, because I actually have been trying to get him to do ang- uh, Black Man Angry at Barnes & Noble because I've, I've been having a hell of a time just trying to get this book into the shops, you know, in a nice uh, meritocratic world, you know, a nice, you know, I, I just be like, hey, here's that book. You know, if they, if they put it out front, I mean, you know, eighteen dollars and ninety-five. I'm not a hundred percent in love with that price tag for the paperback edition, but okay. I mean, it would be a pretty good impulse buy because it's got a very attention-getting cover. Right. Mm-hmm. But you've been having trouble with them with the store. Not so much Same. in the store, but it's just you know. They're a little bit reluctant to take on, you know, the thing is basically, it's very, very complicated, but, you know, my company uses a print-on-demand service, um, and, you know, even though I signed a traditional contract, we at least didn't have to pay a penny to print them, thank God for that, but it's just that, you know, there are certain certain little uh, complications as far as, you know, getting the distribution out there, you know. And uh, so what I have been doing is I've been getting in touch with, you know, people who review it online. And also I want to see about about sending a review copy to DeAndre Siggers. And also, you know, having him, you know, talk about like, you know, I mean, having him talk shit about Barnes & Noble and also, you know, yeah, it's a little bit kind of uh, presumptuous, I guess you could say. But, you know, getting him to uh, talk about my book in in his uh, consumer review about Barnes Noble. But, you know, I mean, I think my book deserves to sell. I mean, obviously, if I can get it to sell 20 copies a day, that would make me very, very, very happy. But I personally believe, and it sounds maybe a bit conceited, but I think it deserves to sell more copies than Twilight. I fucking hate it. I mean, I saw the movie because I was, you know, (laughs) the girl I was dating briefly, you know, know, we watched it together. Mm-hmm. And it's just really not my. I mean, I don't really remember much of it, you know, because I just sort of went through the motions, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, it, it was basically two hours of my life I'll never fucking get back. <laughs> Have you thought about putting vampires in your next book? Maybe that would help. Oh hell, well not well not so much vampires, but you know, it's going to be a, a guy who's up against people who you know they it could be said that they don't really have much of a soul. Because they don't really think with their conscience; they think with a rule book. And you know, you know, maybe, in a, it, but it's not going to be like all. Oh, I don't know, because it's really hard to do horror, horror stuff really well. Because some of the, you know, sometimes it it just comes across as like all cheesy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, I always like you know crime films more than horror films. I mean, especially you know growing up in New Haven. I mean, we just you know had like a, a nice little uh, toast to our uh, hometown, the fourth most violent city nationwide. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I find, you know, the exorcists don't get me wrong, 
you know, that put my heart in my throat. But, you know, Get Carter has some pretty raw moments. The original one with Sir Michael Caine, which I love, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the uncut, you know, Straw Dogs made by Peckinpah with Dustin Hoffman. Right. I mean, those, those are the real horror films because, you know... Oh, yeah, and then, of course, there's across 110th Street where a guy gets mowed down with a, you know, we have, like, half a dozen people getting mowed down with a 9-millimeter sten, you know, like, in the, in the, and then it's just like, okay, hold on to your butts. Great movie. Because mm, yeah. these are, like, you know, movies, you know, they hit chords in real life. It's not, you know, they'll put it through a lens with, like, you know, werewolves, vampires, and bullshit. I mean, sometimes they're, you know, ent- they're entertaining werewolf and vampire stories, but I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't think I could do those very well. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you did this book very well, and um, let's get you back on soon. We are fresh out of time, but James Conrad, oh, yeah. it is always a pleasure, my friend. Nice. Thanks again, Ryan. Thank Make you. sure to inhale deep. I'm sorry? I said make sure to keep inhaling deep so you don't cough. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, man. Good night, Ryan. Take care. You too. All right, that was James Conrad. Get his book, An Ideal Man, um, on the Internet. It's available for the nook and the cranny. Uh, do you have – I have one of the – I don't have a nook. I have a cranny, Tamika. I don't have nothing like that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's recap what just happened in the minute we have left. Um, we, we, we had James Conrad, Conrad on, and also um, we, we, we neglected to deliver the pizza order. That, I have no words. I can't. I can't. I just don't get pizza then, you know? What? I don't know. Um, to be honest, that... By, she, by the time she got to, like, the seventh slice, that pizza sounded pretty good to me. Well, yeah, and I already had pizza for dinner, but it's like, come on. Mine had everything on it. <laughs> what, was on, what was on your pizza? Everything. Pepperoni, sausage, peppers, olives that were, you know, round. I mean, I don't understand. I don't, I don't, Wait, I don't know. What about there was no square olives? No, and I don't like pineapple on my pizzas either, so. <laughs> have you have you tried it though? You've tried it? Yes, I have. Okay. I've, I've never tried it, so I can't really say I don't like it, but I it just Pineapple mean. and jalapeno pizza I had one time and you know, it was good, but you know, made you feel a certain way. Gonna... Oh, yeah. <laughs> like no. Boom. <laughs> All right, it's me, Mike. Well, remember everyone go to shortyawards.com slash blaze and cast your vote and um Thank you so much. This was a blast, and I will see you soon. Holla holla. And I, and I do have a Twitter account. And what, what is your Twitter handle? What is your Twitter name? Well, it used to be nigga you love to hate, but then people got offended by that, so now it's just I will cut you. I thought so. I thought that was you because yeah. I was going through all my followers messaging them to um, tweet, and that's how I, I need to not. It, like the Twitter was like, oh, you've reached the maximum messages for the day or whatever. Um, yeah. But I think I messaged you, and I was like, by this description, this really sounds like Tamika because you had the whole dangerous edge with the I will cut you and the profanity, and then it had the whole thing about, like, that you're a theater lover, and if you 
cross me, like, I may beat you up, but then I'll save your life. And I was like, that's got to be Tamika. Yeah, because I'm a medic too, so, you know. Crack the yeah, wind exactly. crack, then I'll, help, and then I'll help you breathe until other forces arrive. That's fine. <laughs> All right, well, until other forces arrive, the next time I bid you adieu. Good night. Adieu. Night, night. <laughs> night, night. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in to Blazing Rye Radio. Uh, check out James Conrad's book. And um, follow Tamika on Twitter. I will cu- I'll cut you or something. I don't know. What, but it was very violent. Um, but you'll, you'll recognize it because nobody else could have that Twitter description. And uh, cast your vote for the Shorty Awards. And I'll tell you what. Paper towels. I'm going to bed. All right. So uh, uh, remember, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And lastly, hit the brakes, Florence. <laughs>